Welcome to The Porch, an online community of believers committed to restoring the priesthood of the believer and regaining the world-shaking influence of the early church. The church age is still in effect. The day of Pentecost is ongoing. The fire of the upper room still burns. This is where we get back to basics, the red-letter basics, by examining the Word of God and the example of the Book of Acts Church to discover how the early church served the Lord. In doing so, we discovered the church the Lord intended and not the one that man created. The Porch on the Air since March of 2010 can only be heard on Firefall Talk Radio, which is a part of the Firefall Media Group. We're glad you're with us. To reach us click the contact button on the Firefall Talk Radio homepage at firefalltalkradio.com. If you want to support what we do there are ways to do that starting with the PayPal link at the bottom of the homepage. You can also use the Venmo app, which is easier to use and has fewer fees, where we can be found under at Firefall Media Group. One word. Uppercase on FMG. Thank you to each and every one of you who support what we do. We appreciate your support and encouragement. Give as the Lord leads. And now, to the Bible study with Richard Grund. 2 Samuel twenty-two forty-seven, The Lord lives, praise to my rock. My God, the rock of my salvation, be exalted. Revelation 19, verses 1 and 6, After this I heard what sounded like a vast crowd in heaven, shouting, Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Salvation and glory and power belong to our God. And then I heard again what sounded like a shout of a vast crowd or the roar of a mighty ocean waves or the crash of loud thunder. Praise the Lord, for the Lord God, the Almighty, reigns. Praise Him. No matter what's going on in your life right now, praise Him. I praise Him for my home that I'm doing this in. My wife, our family, sons, daughter-in-laws, grandsons, our furry kids, all of our possessions. I praise him for all those things. Each and every day I am thankful. I praise him for his provision and his protection over each and every one of us. He does so because he loves us. For the dreams and the visions and for all that he is showing us about himself in his word and in prophecy and what we're seeing in the times. I praise him for his healing virtues. Boy, do we need them. So many hurting people. If you need them, just claim them. Believe them, receive them. I praise him for his favor and divine revelation that we are new creations living in these prophetic times that he told us about. The word is coming alive. And I praise him for the signs he's giving us that he's getting ready to return. I know some of you saying, Bo Yeshua, come. Come, Lord, come. Let's get ready. Psalm 122, verse 6 tells us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. And we do. I do each and every day. I pray for America. I pray for God's grace, his mercy, and his favor to be upon us. Pray for everyone in America right now through weather and other things that are suffering, that are going through hardships and trials, both human and animal. Let's never forget that God, all of God's creation is affected by these things. Pray for the fatherless, the widows, the persecuted and the martyred, the innocents and those who are victims of injustice. God is the God of justice, and when we cry out to him for justice... I pray against the slaughter of the innocents, both in and out of the womb, both animal and human. For the missing and exploited children, the victims of sex trafficking. Human trafficking is such a diabolical, satanic endeavor. We should target it in prayer. For our brothers and sisters around the world being slaughtered and persecuted for their faith, for the religious persecution, the anti-Semitism, all the things that reeks of the spirit of the Antichrist. We, as a church, are to stand against that. Praying for divine wholeness, health, and continued healing as we each get back to our divine design. 
healing for all those who are injured or sick right now. In the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, be healed, be made whole. Praying for protection against all threats, natural and supernatural, for inspiration, for the remnant to wake up and arise and answer the call to action, and for those who have been called to bless to be a blessing. We need the doors open to finish the documentary and other things for ministry, to go set the captives free, to confront the enemy, that we would prosper in accordance with his word for the furthering of the kingdom. And we pray for lost family members. Asking for prayer for my spiritual father, mentor, Pastor Robert Shelley. Tomorrow he's going to surgery for the installation of a pacemaker. While not normally dangerous when you're 92 years old, any surgery is. So please keep him in your prayers. Continue to pray for Mark in South Carolina for his healing and restoration. Father, we just come to you now. As your sons and your daughters, doesn't matter how old we are in the natural, we're just your children. Some of us are hurting. Some of us feel lost. We're confused. We don't understand. And, and when it comes to this fallen world, boy, do we not understand. But we know you're watching. We know you're in control. And we know that you're on the throne. And we know that you are our Abba Father, our Papa God, our Daddy. So thank you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for caring about us. Thank you for making a way for us where there didn't seem to be any way. We were never going to live up to the law. But then you looked at your only begotten son. You looked at Yeshua and said, hey, I need you to do this for them. And he did without question, without hesitation. He endured the pain, the shame, and all that they did to him to shed every drop of blood on that cross. So, Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you for the love that you have for us to do that. We thank you for sending back your Holy Spirit to guide us and to walk with us, teach us, and to open our hearts, our minds, our eyes to the Father and to your word and to remember you. To help us to be like you, to shine in the darkness. So help us to arise and shine, Holy Spirit. Help us to learn. Help us to hear. Prepare us. Clear our minds. We take our thoughts captive to the obedience of Messiah. We claim the mind of Messiah, and we cast down every vain imagination that would exalt itself over the knowledge of El Elyon, God Most High, our Father. Pray you bless the technology. Bless each and every one of us. Have your way with us, Holy Spirit. I pray this in Yeshua's name. Amen. Lessons are proprietary information, except where noted the information comes from outside sources. The combination of that information, the matter presented, is exclusive, cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. A friend of mine finished his race yesterday, and it caused me to think. We're in a time of struggle and resistance. So... Let's hold off on the Battle of Jericho for the Battle of Life and talk about going on. Go with me to Hebrews, book of Hebrews and Bible. We're going to be there a lot. I'm going to start in chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, 
looking unto Yeshua, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So verse 1 starts out with, therefore. Well, therefore what? What, what argument is being made to lead to start out the, com- the, the comment with therefore? Well, it begins back in Hebrews 11, starting with verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things for of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good testimony. Now faith is. And they obtained a good testimony. But see, not everyone has faith. Second Thessalonians three two tells us that. May We may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for not all have faith. Hebrews 11, the chapter of faith. It's the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. It's the invisible backing that supported the elders. It's the creative power of divine works. It's a divine testimony of right doing. That's what faith is. Faith is the cancellation of natural laws. It's the basis of pleasing God. Faith is dependent upon God's word. And it's a trust in an unknown future. And faith is counting things that be not as though they were, meaning you're believing them for what they should be. Romans 4.17 tells us that God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Faith allows us to see invisible things. And doing so gives you the assurance of God's faithfulness. It's a confidence in things to come. Ephesians 3.12, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. 1 John 3.21 tells us that we have faith, we have confidence towards God. You see, confidence towards God is the motivation of faith. It's the lifeblood of the just. It's the shield of the armor of God, faith. I don't care what you say, devil. I don't care what you do. I don't care what you try. I have faith. Faith in God is a down payment of things desired. What was the thing that sealed the deal between God and Abraham and the promise of a, of a, of a, a land, a country, of all the things that was given to him that we call the promised land? It was Abraham believed Faith is the guarantee of answered prayer. Mark eleven twenty two through 24, Yeshua said to them, Have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, Whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. There's a word missing from there. It doesn't say instantly. It'll happen in his time. But you have to believe it and you have to keep praying it and believing it and holding on to it with all your heart, never doubting, never wavering. Faith is a substance support, the confidence, of reality. It's an essence. Faith is evidence. It's proof. Of what? Of what we hope for. Go back to Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, Let us lay aside every weight 
and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Yeshua, the author and the finisher of our faith. He wrote the book on faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. A great cloud of witnesses. Well, what is what is Hebrews twelve one talking about? Well, to get it, we have to go back to Hebrews eleven. We're going to stay here for a little while. So, if you got your Bibles open, your Bible apps, or however you're following along, go to Hebrews eleven, and let's go through it. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen are not made of things which are visible, which at the dawn of history, when he said, let there be, that's the quantum realm, that the words of God, let there be, the sound of God, the vibrational nature of God, made things which were invisible, visible, made them come into be. I've taught this in many of the seminars and I've shared it here that when you see into the quantum realm, many times you can't see what's there until it knows that you want to see it. Somehow it knows and then it appears. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts. And through it, he being dead still speaks. By faith, Enoch, was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. First example of rapture in the Bible, snatching away. Once minute he's here, the next he's minute, the next minute he's with the Lord God in heaven. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, that he is what? That he's God, and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. And by the way, by faith, he got into that ark seven days before the water appeared, because God told him to, and then God sealed him in. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance, and he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise, as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age, because she judged him faithful, who had promised him, by the way, Abraham was just as well past the age. So for him to have the seed to plant into Sarah had to be a miracle. Therefore, from one man, and him as good as dead, that's what they're talking about, were born as many as the stars of the sky and multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. If you're lacking faith, just open the Bible to Hebrews 11.1. 1. Faith, substance of things hoped for. What are you hoping for? There's the substance that's in your faith. You're believing some for someone's salvation. Believe it. And then keep praying until it happens. It's the evidence of things not seen. It's what made the invisible. It's the invisible backing of the elders. It's what made them elders. It's what made them champions of faith, heroes of faith. Faith is the creative power of divine works. When it talks about the worlds, it means eons, ages, the eternal world without end. The ages were planned by the word of God, and the things that we now see 
were not made out of existing material. He spoke them into existence, the material fabric of the world, the sun, the moon, the stars, everything. Days, months, years, ages, all that is measured, framed, formed, finished by the word of God. Faith is a divine testimony of right doing, of being righteous. It's the cancellation of all natural laws. We serve a supernatural God. Therefore, the things of this world and the natural things cannot measure up. It's the basis of pleasing God. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. It's an absolute necessity and the secret to pleasing God, approaching him, diligently seeking him, expecting to be rewarded by him simply because you believe in him. Whatever you're going through, whatever's not happening, start with your relationship with him. Faith is dependent upon God's word. It makes you dependent upon God's word. It makes your life a life of dependence upon God's word. As I get older in my life and as I get older in my walk, I hunger for the word. Believe me, I have feasted, I have read, I have studied. But a hunger for that word, a hunger to hear his voice and to know his will. Faith makes me trust in an unknown future. Some people would say that's blind faith, nothing blind about it. I see, and I have faith. These all died in faith. I'm picking up on verse 13 of Hebrews 11. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them far off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had the opportunity to return. But now, now they desire a better, that is a heavenly country. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. This isn't our home. Faith is seeing in the the invisible things. It's the faith of the patriarchs. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, who, by the way, wasn't a little boy. He was, he was a teenager, maybe 17 or 18. He had had Isaac for a while. He offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, In Isaac your seed shall be called concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. And Abraham was willing. Isaac was willing. When they got to the place that they were going and he saw that there was no animal to offer, he had to realize it was him. He didn't run. He didn't struggle. He didn't fight. A foreshadowing of what Yeshua would do. Faith faith is the assurance of God's faithfulness. Hebrews 10.23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Verse 20, by faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning, concerning things to come. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning on the top of his staff, barely able to stand. On his, with his dying breaths, he blessed 
the sons of Joseph that came from captivity, Ephraim and Manasseh. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instructions concerning his bones. He was so sure that they would make it to where they were going, he made them bring his bones with them. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. If his parents had not done that, done that, Moses would have died. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the sons of Pharaoh's daughter. You know, the one who found him in the basket in the river. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Esteeming the reproach of Messiah greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he looked to the reward was so quick to partner with the world, was so quick to accept the world's validation and stamp of approval. But we we forget what faith Moses had to turn his back on all of that. By faith he forsook Egypt not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who was invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. It had to take a lot of faith knowing that God was sending an angel to slay the firstborn in the land of Egypt, to take the, the blood of the lamb and slap it on the lentils and the overhead and wait, and to hear the cries and the screams of the mothers and the fathers as their children fell dead. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians, not so much, attempting to do so, were drowned. The not so much as in Scripture. I, I, I may have added that. By faith... The walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she received the spies with peace. Faith, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of the unseen. That's what Rahab was doing. She was acting in faith. The action of faith brings a reaction from the Lord God. Let me say that again. Your action of faith will bring the reaction of the Lord God in the situation in which you have it. Trust him with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding, and in all your ways acknowledge him. Faith is the confidence in things to come. Ephesians 3.12 In whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. How can you have faith if you don't know him? How can you have faith if you have no relationship with him? If you're not rooted and grounded in love for him, There's no place for the faith to grow. There's no place for it to come from. When I see people panic, when I see people run to fear before they run to faith, I wonder about their relationship with him. If you know who he is, if you know, if you diligently have sought him and you believe that he's a rewarder of those who seek him, you should believe that he's going to do what his word says he's going to do. He's not a liar. He's not a man that he should lie. He's not a practical joker. He's as good as his word. Hebrews 11.6, But Messiah is faithful as a son over his father's house, and we are his house if we hold fast our confidence and sense of triumph in our hope in Messiah. 
No matter what's going on, your hope is in him. No matter what's happening, your hope is in him. Your hope is in man. Your hope isn't in natural things. They will always fail you. He won't. He may not do it the way you want to or when you want him to, but he'll do it. And it'll line up with his word. And it'll line up with his nature. It's the motivation of our lives. Look away from all that will distract you. Focus your eyes on Yeshua, who is the example. He's the author. He's the perfecter of faith. The first incentive for our belief in the one who brings our faith to maturity. Who for the joy of accomplishing the goals set before him endured the cross, disregarding the shame. And when he was done, he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, revealing his deity, his authority, and the completion of his work. Faith is the lifeblood of the just, of the righteous, Hebrews 10.38, my righteous ones will live by faith. Conversely, but I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. I'm not saying any of this is easy. I'm just telling you what the Word says. I'm telling you what I've experienced. Probably not as greatly as I'd like to have. I've had my doubts. I've had my moment of weakness. I've had my moments of weariness. But I know he's good. I never doubt him. I always doubt me. Will I endure? Will I make it? Will I follow through? Will I live up to it? I never doubt him. My righteous ones will live by their faithfulness. You want to impress your Heavenly Father? You want to impress your Lord? Just live by faith. I've already mentioned it's the shield of the believer's armor, which is Ephesians 6.16. What are you going through right now? Hold up that shield of faith and stop the fiery arrows of the wicked one, the evil one, the fallen, their demonic offspring. Don't listen to what they're saying. Hold that shield up. Even if your arm's shaking, even if your knees are knocking, hold it up. He said, down payment on what you're asking for. All he's asking you to do is to believe. That's all he's asking. Is he going to answer your prayer? What does the word say? If you pray in accordance with his word. This is the name it and claim is hocus pocus, bippity boppity boo. It's none of that. It's the word of God, speaking it, believing it. If it furthers his kingdom, if it glorifies him, if it helps you, then trust it to happen. If it doesn't do any of those things, if it doesn't line up with those parameters, you might have a problem. You might be praying selfishly. You might be seeking things incorrectly. You have not because you ask not, but when you do ask, you ask incorrectly to satisfy your fleshly lust and desires. Find the word that lines up with your desire and speak his word back to him. It's not manipulation, although there have been times it felt like that, but it's not manipulation. You're letting him know. A, that you know his word. B, you've been in his word. And you're counting on him to be as good as his word. You know, I've thought about that time where 
Yeshua said, have faith in God for whoever says to this mountain be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes those things he says will be done, he'll have whatever he says. I believe that when your faith is so supernatural, when you have reached that pinnacle of belief in prayer and power, I believe what you say will overcome the natural reality. I believe that you'll have power in the quantum realm. We're not there yet. I strive for it. I pray for it. I test it every now and then. But I know Matthew twenty-one, twenty-two says you can pray for anything. And if you have faith, you'll receive it. See, I trust. Folks, I'm saved. It'll be 33 years in October. And some of the things that I've been praying for, some of the things I've been promised, some of the words of prophecy that have been confirmed by two or three witnesses without the others knowing what was said, I'm still holding on for by faith. Every day I remind him of those things and that I believe in him and I trust him. So what are the things that believers hope for? One is salvation, Romans eight twenty four through 25, for we are saved in this hope. But hope that is seen is not hope, for why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. I'm not talking about the salvation from unsaved to saved to being born again. I'm talking about the salvation out of this fallen world. 1 Thessalonians 5.8, But since we believers belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope and confident assurance of salvation. We don't belong here. Adam really screwed things up. The Lord fixed the supernatural and the spiritual part of it, but the natural part won't happen till he comes back. We hope for righteousness. Galatians 5, 5. For we, through the Spirit, eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. Righteousness is not something you can obtain on your own merit or on your own effort. If you think you can, I challenge you to try it. Then let me know how that works out for you. You will always fail. That's why the law, though set as a guideline and a precursor, in a baseline, was never going to be fulfilled. You fail in one aspect of the law, you fail in all of it. So our hope of righteousness is in him. We hope for the calling and the inheritance prepared for us. Ephesians 1.18, I pray that the eyes of your heart. Listen to me, some of you really need to hear this scripture. Ephesians 1.18, and I pray. That the eyes of your heart, the very center and core of your being, may be enlightened, flooded with the light of the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKadosh, so that you will know and cherish the hope, the divine guarantee, the confident expectation to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, which are God's people. Saints aren't determined by some denomination or church. He determines them when you become one of his, the saints of God. Stop listening to that foolishness. We hope for the Lord in us, Messiah in us. Colossians 1.27, To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory and the mystery among the Gentiles, which is Messiah in you, the hope of glory. 1 Timothy 1.1, Messiah Yeshua is our hope. He's the fulfillment of our salvation. You know, I pray every day for my Jewish brothers and sisters because they're incomplete. When they come to meet Hamashiach, when they meet Messiah, They become complete in him. Right now they're incomplete. That's why they're so troubled and struggle at times with this world. 
I pray every day that they would come to meet him and become complete in him. We hope for the glory of the new covenant. We know a new covenant has been written. We know the old covenant through Abraham and the other patriarchs, Moses, like Jacob, Isaac, and all the others. We know that this covenant is different. But if the ministry of death written and engraved on stones was glorious so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which glory was passing away. I believe it's because his DNA absorbed the glory of God up on Mount Sinai. How will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? For if the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. For even what was made glorious had no glory in this respect because of the glory that excels. For if what was passing away was glorious, what remains is much more glorious. That's the new covenant. Since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech. Let people know the hope that you have without wavering. Let them know. It's not a man. It's not in religion. It's not in denominationalism. It's not in a building. It's not in a system. It's in a man. One man. Born of a virgin. Fulfilling all the messianic prophecies. Who died on a cross. Who shed every drop of blood. Was placed in a borrowed grave. And three days later was resurrected back to life, who now sits at the right hand of the Father. And by the way, we will see him again. That's your hope. Your hope's not in a political system. Your hope's not in anything worldly. Though we may have to partake of those things because we are terrestrial, our hope is extraterrestrial. And no, I don't mean aliens or ETs or angels. Our hope is in the Lord. And at some point, his feet will touch down back on this terrestrial planet again. But right now, he sits far above all principality and power. And spiritually, we are allowed to sit with him in the heavenly places, start living like it. We have hope in the resurrection. I have hope in God that there will be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and the unjust, Acts 24, 15. Everyone will stand before the great white throne. Everyone will be judged. Everyone will be measured by the books. Our names have to be in the book, the Lamb's Book of Life. I have hope in final rewards. 1 Thessalonians 2.19 What is our hope or joy, a crown of rejoicing? Is it not even you in the presence of the Lord Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, at his coming? That's one of the crowns. You lead people to the Lord, that's a crown. And we don't do things for the crown, but you know what? He rewards us for what we do. We have a hope for final grace. 1 Peter 1.13 Therefore gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is brought to you at the revelation of Jesus the Messiah. We have hope in the coming of the Lord. You better have hope in the coming of the Lord. Don't tell me you're one of those people that thinks that there's no rapture, there's no second coming, this is it. This is the millennial kingdom. If you believe that, you're in the wrong place. We're looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Yeshua, HaMashiach, Jesus, the Messiah, Titus 2.13. That's what the apostles taught. That's what the New Testament's based upon. Don't let anyone steal that hope from you with vain imagination and intellect. Don't listen to the eggheads out there. Matter of fact, you see somebody's got an egghead going the other direction. We have hope in being like the Lord. 1 John 3, 2. Dear friends, we are already God's children. But he has not yet shown us what we'll be, we will be like when Messiah appears. But we do know that we will be like him, for we will see him as he really is. 
We have hope of eternal life. Blessed, gratefully praised and adored be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus the Messiah, who according to his abundant and boundless mercy has caused us to be born again, that is, to be reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and set apart for his purpose, to an ever-living hope and confident assurance through the resurrection of Jesus the Messiah from the dead, 1 Peter 1, 3. Remember, faith is things not seen. One of those things is the restoration of all things. Acts 3.21, speaking about Yeshua, whom heaven must receive until the times of the restoration of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. We haven't seen it, but we, we have hope in the things which are prepared for us. Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. 1 Corinthians 2.9 Eternal things are things not yet seen. 2 Corinthians 4.18 While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Periodically, he's given me a glimpse. He's let me look. He's he's allowed me to spend time with him outside of time. I know they're there. Things we've not seen are the future things. Brethren, I do not count myself to apprehended, but one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. That's what you're striving for. That's what your faith is about. That's what living is for. It's what's ahead of you, not what's behind you. Stop looking back. Stop being weighed down by those things. The things which we can't see are the things above. For if you were raised with Messiah, seek those things which are above. Where Messiah is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above and not things on the earth. You want to be weighed down? You want to be depressed? Then think about this world. Think about what's going on in this world. Weigh yourself down with with news and and the propaganda of the mainstream media and the lies of, of, of people that think they know what they're talking about. Set your mind on things above, which means set your mind on the Lord. See, this is what all the great heroes of faith did. Set your mind on the Lord, 1 Peter 1.8. Though you've not seen him, you love him. And though you, de- you do not even see him now, you believe and trust in him and greatly rejoice and delight with inexpressible and glorious joy. Do you feel that way about the Lord? If you don't, we need to talk. See, we're saved in this hope. We wait for it with perseverance of seeing him face to face. Yesterday, my, I call him my paisan. In Italian, that means friend. Carmen stepped over out of a broken body into the presence of the Lord. The one whom he's sang about all these years and suddenly realized he's so much greater than what he thought. He's so much more glorious than any song he'd ever written. Faith is what makes us otherworldly. That's why when the Lord prayed for the disciples, he was praying for us in John seventeen sixteen. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I don't want to be like I don't want to be of this world. I don't want people you know, I used to be like that. I used to seek fame and fortune and adulation and admiration and all those things. I could care less. I only want his admiration. That's all I want. I don't, I don't care about this world. 
though I know I have to live in it and the things I'm called to do for him require me being in it and dealing with it. I long for the day it's all over. The race has been run. The battles have been won. And he looks at me and says, Welcome home, son. Good job. You see, we're not citizens of this world. We're citizens of heaven. We're Messiah lives, and we eagerly await for him to return as our Savior. Philippians 3.20 And since we are born into a priceless inheritance, an inheritance, by the way, that's kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay, 1 Peter 1.4. You know, folks, if you read this Bible and if you strung it together, line by line, precept by precept, the tapestry you would create for you in your life would be astounding. I show you that each week with what I do and the time I spend tying it all together. So desire it, stretch out, reach out, long after, cover after it. You see, we're just like the people mentioned in Hebrews 11. We've not received all that was promised. We see clearly promised blessings from him in his word. We are persuaded that the promises are true. We embrace all the promises. We confess that we're strangers on this earth. We confess that we're only pilgrims on this earth. And we declare that we seek heavenly things. We're not mindful of earthly things. We would not be willing to go back to the world, and we desire a heavenly country. And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, and also of David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the enemies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trials of mockings and scourgings, and yes, and chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, were tempted, were slain by the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and the caves of the earth, and all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. God, having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. So let's go back to where we started. Therefore, that's what this whole argument's been about. Therefore. Since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. Start stripping it off. Get rid of it. Get rid of the doubt. Get rid of the condemnation, the recrimination. Get rid of the false words and the false teachings, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Yeshua, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. So what do we do? We keep going. There's coming a day when no heartache shall come. No more clouds in the sky. No more tears to dim the eye. All is peace forevermore on that happy golden shore. What a day. Glorious day that will be. What a day that will be when my Yeshua I shall see. 
and I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. When he takes me by the hand, it leads me through the promised land. <clears throat> what a day, glorious day that will be. There'll be no sorrow there, no burdens to bear, no more sickness, no pain, no more parting over there. And forever, forever I will be with the one who died for me. What a day, glorious day that will be. What a day that will be when my Yeshua I shall see. And look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. When he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land, what a day, a glorious day that will be. Oh, what a day, a glorious day that will be. So keep going. Keep on going to the promised land. Keep going, one foot in front of the other, one prayer after another. Keep going. Well, Heavenly Father, Abba, Papa, Dad, we're going to keep going. We're going to keep the faith. We're going to believe in your word. We're going to take our eyes off of the temporal things and put them on eternity. We're going to take our eyes off of man and put them on your son. We're going to trust you that you're as good as your word. We're going to follow the examples of the heroes of faith who kept going and did everything they did and endured everything they went through and not even receiving the promise until afterwards, but they still received it. And what a moment in eternity that was when Yeshua, you went down into Sheol and took the righteous dead and led them into the promised land of eternity, into paradise, as first fruits to the Father. I wonder what the looks on their faces were as they walked through and as you presented them one at a time to the Father. All the hope that they'd ever had, all the desires, all the prayers they'd ever prayed. And there it is, that moment. You did it. You followed through. The promise was kept. So, Holy Spirit, right now, we need you to help us. We want to make it to the end. We want to continue this journey. We want to be witnesses of faith. We want to be heroes of faith. We want to be an example to those who want to know why we believe what we believe. No matter what, no matter what we've been through, no matter what we've gone through, you, Holy Spirit, are going to strengthen us deep into our inner person, deep into our inner spiritual being so that we can endure, that we can press on, that we can cross over. And I thank you for that. And I pray that each and every person that desires that would simply agree with me and say, Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, give you shalom. I'm Richard Grund. This has been The Porch on Firefall Talk Radio.